Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. Every single week we record this, and it's available on the normal podcast feed for the da show so if you just go to your favorite podcast platform and search the da show you'll find it but also if you listen to the show live every day and don't need the podcast but do want to hear the pgp you could just get that as well on its own podcast feed called permission granted so just search that and subscribe to both of them rate and review them that helps other people find them that would be very very fine a very fine idea indeed I want to start with the simulcast because today during commercial break, Cap did something I've never noticed before. Now, I'm not saying he's never done it before because I don't watch every single commercial break. I'm oftentimes reading up on something that we're going to talk about the next segment or something like that. But I did catch today that during one commercial break, he was merely running still shots, graphics, memes, photoshops of inside DA show jokes. So there was a picture of you in a Yukon jacket because once upon a time you said that you were going to try to teach both of your girls to get scholarships to play Yukon women's basketball. <laughs> there was a picture of... I'm blanking now. There was some picture of Pete that said break. He was yelling break. <laughs> Maybe he was a wrestler. I'm not sure. But there was a couple of them that I said, boy, if you didn't understand the joke from that segment, we've never gone back to that joke, you would just be like, what do all of these mean? Which is great because it's kind of like DA show hieroglyphics. But also, Cap didn't even mention he was going to do this. And I love this idea that you could just tune into a random commercial break and see like five inside DA show jokes (laughs) with no explanation. It, it was unbelievable, so much so, D.A., that I found myself mesmerized by them. There were a couple that involved me that I didn't even understand, which means we've talked about them, and so much nonsense has happened on the show that even they went over the head of somebody who was involved with the show on a day-to-day basis. Like There was one with me with the top hat, and obviously... 
Kaplan loves the classic look of me doing the die in my eyebrows beard. That's his Jordan crying face meme. Yeah. I, I, I didn't understand what that meant. So I, I actually found that even better because it kept me thinking, what the heck did Cap mean by this meme and where was this from? And it is a real Easter egg search. I loved it. It was kind of like a wall of fame of sorts for a commercial break. So let's go back to the crying Jordan meme of Cap. As you said, this was the day that you decided to fill in your goatee and fill in your eyebrows with Just for Men dye. And was it that you had left it on too long or you couldn't wash it out by the time we were on the air or you had taken a picture of yourself before you washed it out? So I was taking a picture of myself. I was trying to do an Instagram story of me trying to transform my beard from gray to dark and... I guess however the story started, Kaplan couldn't get enough of how ridiculous I looked with all the dye smudged on my face. Uh, And basically I had sat there and I did leave it on a little too long where it was stained beyond me and I had to go for double washing. And Cap couldn't get enough of that, how it was just stained to my skin like that and I looked atrocious. And basically anything now that comes up with me on the show where he finds a, a meme of me to make, he inserts that. And to me that's the equivalent of the crying Jordan meme. It's always the face that he uses. It's you with these big, black, crazy eyebrows, you with this overly black, villainous goatee, and then this look of, what have I done on my face? And that always, it looks like Wooly Willy, but a scared Wooly Willy, and that's always the head that he uses. And I don't know if you'll ever get him to use a different head. No, and it's what's funny about it, what I find the most funny about it, is we credit Cap all the time, and we should for how good he is at the stream and how innovative he is. But when how many how many memes have we thought were very funny, talked about hysterically? I don't think any of us have truly harped on me looking like that as like a must-use picture at all times, but Kaplan loves it personally so much that it's just caught on and become his own thing, which to me makes it funnier because it's not even a group thing. It's more of like Cap's own satisfaction thing <laughs> to keep using that pick. Today, Ross Tucker joined us here on the show, and Ross was effusive in his praise for the show. Says we're now his go-to morning show as he listens in the mornings on Sirius XM Channel 206. He was really, really complimentary, which was obviously great to hear. But I wondered, did this subconsciously end up getting him booked like an extra 20% of the time? Because Ah. now you know that he likes us and that also that, you know, he said nice things about us, so you're just going to subconsciously go to booking him? Well, I will say this. Ross is always one of the most gracious people about answering me when I reach out to him to come on the show, even if there's times he can't. But more often than not, I know he probably will. But all this did now, I think it hurt Ross in the standpoint of, I know for a fact if he's a listener to the show, he will join the show. So if I'm ever – it doesn't even have to be football season. We could be in the middle of talking about the NBA Finals. Be like, i got to get Ross's thoughts in the NBA. If I can't find a guest, Ross is coming up now. Now that I know he's a listener and he's always locked in, that tells me he's available. We will have Ross Tucker on the show as our fallback at all times now. I think also Ross said that we were all wrong, that you and I were wrong about hating on the – the jersey number changes and that bogish was wrong but when he explained it i thought that he actually made our point he was going through all of the reasons that quarterbacks could have problems with the new numbers and that is coverage reads and for the split second you know decision making who's coming from where which is what our point was but 
Ross said that it's not going to really affect Tom Brady because he's going to put in the work to make sure that it doesn't affect them. He's just bitter because it means more work for him. But it was our point. Our point was, from a football standpoint, it's going to be more difficult for Brady or anybody else to identify the defensive players. So I think that, I think that he made our point for us, but also we, we deserve more credit. I'm so glad you brought this up because I thought about this as soon as the Ross interview ended. I said, well, he never really hammered home how we were wrong. So upon clicking through and re-listening to the interview, here was my thoughts on where he might have tried to make that case because his overall theme was quarterbacks are going to figure it out. It just makes them their job harder, and Tom Brady will affect the least because he'll work the hardest. So I don't know if Ross thought our point was quarterbacks will never figure this out, but again, we made a point of saying that, no, 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 quarterbacks will figure this out. We just don't have a timeline on when they will figure it out. Or, because he did say we sounded like old men with the change and, and not understanding things are hip, I wonder if his thought on us being wrong was simply that, it's stupid from an aesthetic standpoint to have a number change when in reality it's going to look cool and trendy and stuff. And maybe that's what he meant. But it had to have been one of those two options because anything else doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. We were making the point that it's going to be harder for quarterbacks, which is why we jumped on to that if Brady said it, there's a reason that he said it. And Bogus was like, no, it's not going to affect him. And then every listener was like, no, it doesn't affect anybody. You guys are just bellyaching, and here's Ross, who played in the NFL, who's saying, yeah, it will affect quarterbacks. So I think we got to take a victory lap on tomorrow's show. we got to replay that and, That's and get, our, get our celebration in. That's a great idea, because now we also have Matt McLoin, McCloughferless. Mm-hmm. We have Ross Tucker. We have Tom Brady. And all Bogus keeps coming back to is what Boomer said. We are now at 3-1. to one. I mean, that, that is more than double what Bogus has in his camp. There's a definite victory lap to be had here. And Bogish was probably also flexing because all of the listeners seem to hate our take as well, but none of them ever played in the NFL. Exactly. Exactly. We have three NFL players, one who doubled up in the XFL, which counts for our spring football hard strings, that are all saying the same thing. And if you've played in the Alliance or the XFL, then you get extra bonus points for of credibility. Of course. You've had a harder road throughout your career. No doubt about it. So are you going to wait with this Yankee Doodle Dandy, Piggy Doodle Dandy bet to buy the pig nose and the, and the winky tail until you lose, or are you going to prepare to buy that before? Okay, well, this is an interesting question out of left field, and odd because I have thought about this as well. Uh, I have already looked online, and you could definitely find these on Amazon, and from the rate at which packages seem to hit my house when my wife orders. <laughs> That's true. I, I feel like it, it would be here in a day or two yeah. with, with me having Prime. Yeah. I, I haven't necessarily checked like going to a party city, though I must say this past weekend I did visit an animal farm with my daughter and wife, okay. and they were se- <laughs> they were selling the piggy tails <laughs> and the nose, and they were selling you know the cow stuff as well. So an absolute worst case is this place is about a half an hour from my home. I know. <laughs> Go back out to the farm just to hit their gift shop, gift shop and buy one. But I feel like I might be jinxing myself if I buy it ahead of time. You might be jinxing yourself, jinxing yourself in a good way. That means you actually won the bet. But here you go. I'm looking at Amazon right now. You're right. Prime free delivery. You can get it almost right away. Loftus International Latex Plastic Pink Pig Nose with Elastic Band. So that's, that's an overnight situation. You can get that right away. <laughs> 
it's it is amazing. And another thing you learn in pandemic, you could order any like you could think of anything off the top of your head that you need shipped to you and in your hands the next day, and it basically can happen. It, it is unbelievable. It's incredibly. Uh... It's incredible that it's it's boomed like this and this I mean pandemic I think I saw that Amazon's profits went up 3 or 4 times where it was before pandemic like that's the best thing that ever happened to Amazon and now no matter what you need you just go to Amazon you type it in and if you have Prime you just look for free next day shipping and you just know I mean I I once ordered something at night. I think I ordered it at like 10.30, and it said that it would be here. Let's say it was 10.30 Sunday. It was going to be here on Tuesday, which, of course, is going to have to be a business day for it to process. And it still got here next day in the morning. I'm like, I ordered this like 12 hours ago, and somebody just delivered it to me. And this was, it's insane. And it wasn't delivered by drone. It was delivered by a driver. So somebody actually had to drive up my driveway and hand it physically to me or leave it in front of my, my garage. It's incredible. And, yeah, I would also say we're we're in May, right? So you just looked up that pig snout. Halloween is a long way away. Who's ordering that? Like, we like we have a ridiculous reason to order it. Who is ordering that? That, that else is going to get there this week? Like, who, who else needs the pig snout right now? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm looking at a pig nose, ears, and tail set for $9.79. It's great value. That's $3 a, a piece. Which is a free one day. So, and if you ever wanted, like, let's say you wanted to dress up Taylor as a little baby piggy or something like that for Halloween, you got that. You got a little nose. You got a little tail, little ears. It's cute. <laughs> it is cute. But again, who's ordering that in May besides <laughs> us? Somebody else must be. I need to know why. When Ross Tucker came on the show, he had promoted my front page story. Got to remember to get that right. My front page story where. You order this this gift, and a writer writes what you – you tell this writer a story of your life or your relationship with a loved one, and that writer writes a story about it and puts it on the front page of what looks to be a newspaper, and then you hand it or you frame it and you give it to your, your loved one. And so he, he mentioned that his – I think his sister did it for his mom and that his mom was bawling. What do you think Nancy would do if you gave her a My Front Page story? She here's the deal, my mom. I think she would. She loves sentimental stuff, but she also loves tradition. I'm on like a good 15 year hit streak, da of a of a couple nice hanging plants. Like that gets her spring going in her house. Okay. If I swayed away from tradition and she was expecting those plants and instead gave her something sentimental that she might love at first, I think my mom wouldn't cry. I think my mom would be like, "Oh, this is so sweet," and I think she would mumble under her breath. <laughs> So now we got to go find hanging plants or something to my father and tell him he's got to go to the store the next day and be ticked off. So I think she would, again, appreciate the sentiment, but be annoyed that I threw her off in her expectation to have the house ready for spring (laughs) by not getting her the plants she's expecting. Jimmy Garoppolo joined us yesterday on the show, and that interview blew up. Of course, Jimmy's been in the news as a potential trade piece and maybe traded to the Patriots and the placeholder for Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan not committing to him and all of these things. So we had him on, and he was excellent. He was he was really honest and sincere, and it got a lot of traction a lot of places. I mean, the, the interview clips went crazy. Niners websites and Niners fan accounts and Patriots fan accounts and media outlets all led with it. So here are some of the stories that were written, and I want to know which one of these surprised you most. It was written up by CBSSports.com, 
by the bostonglobe.com, by nbcsports.com in the Bay Area, and by Yahoo Sports, and two different stories by Pro Football Talk, which covers the entire league nationally. Which of those surprised you most? I Now, well, I do think that the different stories of Pro Football Talk I do find a little surprising because it kind of, in both, didn't reference that they had written about the other story earlier. So that part of it just seemed like it was a little unorganized in that part. But I think what probably surprised me was the Boston Globe. Even if it's a big deal in Boston that he that he said that he would expect to be a Patriot his whole life, that seems to be like more radio fodder, more good TV conversation. Maybe you get like an NBC Sports Boston writing about it. But, I mean, the Boston Globes, I mean, that that is a big-time newspaper. And for it to be that important to write about one of their main sports stories in the Boston Globe, uh, to me, was a little humbling and surprising. Hmm. I think the Boston Globe, I could see because everything Patriots is click-worthy all of the time and that they have been drooling over Jimmy G for years since they traded him. My surprise was that Pro Football Talk wrote about us twice. I thought that was interesting because, you know, they're, of course, they're looking for, for good content, but that means that two different angles off of the same interview were noteworthy news stories, and I don't think that's ever happened to our show. We've, we've gotten written up a number of times in different publications for interviews and stuff, but have we ever had one site do two different stories on the same interview? No, and what what is even more, if we really get layered into this, what's more fascinating is I, I have no problem admitting that I, you know, I had sent some stuff over and sent some stuff out to our bosses, and they could put it all out there for our affiliates to have. WEI in Boston really made this catch fire in Boston, and mm. one of the original pro football talk stories, the first one they wrote, cited our show, but cited WEI, which obviously we are not on live on. But as it turns out, WEI loved this story so much that they actually had their editorial team write a story, a standalone story, not take CBS Sports Radio's, before CBS Sports Radio could even get their story out. Wow. And I think that is where the original pro football talk story came from, was they were monitoring and EI blew it up before CBS Sports Radio was able to. And then when they did the second write-up, it was based off of the other stuff that CBS Sports Radio had put out through the Garoppolo. So WEI in Boston, they were so clamoring for this that they helped this get run elsewhere and almost themselves get credited for it because they were quicker than our own digital team and thus, I think, led to the miscommunication of Pro Football Talk to write two separate stories. I actually think before we were off the air, now we had Jimmy G at 9.20 yesterday. I think it went to 9.25 when we finally got him on the air. I think we had him until 9.35. I'm pretty sure they turned around the clip of him talking about the Patriots by the time their morning show was done at 10. If not, they led the midday show with it at 10 a.m., I believe. And then you're right, they talked about it all day. Now, EEI is our Boston affiliate for CBS and and our company, Odyssey, formerly Entercom. So we were in the family, and they took the audio, and then I think you're right that Pro Football Talk heard them talking about it and then cited you know, the DA show on EEI, which is not technically correct. We're an affiliate, but our show is not carried by EEI. So that was the first hit, and then you're right, Pro Football Talk got the second hit on it, which was a huge day. We were all over the place, and now if you Google the show, you're going to see it all over, all about Jimmy G., and his dad, his dad was really good yesterday, too. And sometimes you get those pairings and you're like, oh, this is going to be a rough interview because you got dad or mom or sister or something else involved or coach. But 
I thought Tony Garoppolo did a good job also. Not only did Tony Garoppolo do a good job, DA, I've also spent the last hour or so during breaks of our show pulling a Tony G clip that I am now going to send out to try to further get the Garoppolo story out. Uh, And something I I meant to bring up last night ahead of this show today on Tuesday, or Wednesday, I guess we're taping this today. And that is, Tony Garoppolo also had a quote, Trey is going to have to go earn the job. He's talking about somebody else's son. Another quarterback. Jimmy had so many good answers, and obviously people are going to care way more about what Jimmy Garoppolo has to say before his father. But now that that dust starts to settle, that's the other quarterback's dad saying the new draft pick is going to have to earn it, go out and earn it. I just, I don't know, I found that pretty interesting because if somebody else's dad is telling you, yeah, you got to go earn it from my son, that I find a little bit, a little interesting. You're right. I think you're absolutely right. This is. This is a dad who believes in his son. His son's going to be a little bit more, you know, coy about it. But he was great. And he also had that funny line about being a Bears fan, growing up a Bears fan. And (laughs) I'm not even going to get involved with the Packers because I asked him about Aaron Rodgers. He was really funny. He was really good. You know, yesterday also was interesting because we had Bogues off and Heller in. Bogues took the day off because he got his second vaccine. And you're preparing the same thing. I got my first yesterday. I did not prepare to take off today. I was fine. Are you worried because you were feeling sickly after the first one? No. So I have no problem talking about this. The first one I got, I I knew I would just probably have some general soreness. And for me, yeah, my arm was just sore for a couple hours. It almost felt like like a cementy kind of feeling in my arm, like a different kind of soreness. That was fine. But I know enough people in my own family and close friends that have been vaccinated. It seems very hit or miss on that second dose. Some a little headache, some nothing at all, and some are like bedridden for like 12 hours with aches, fevers, chills, all of that. And it doesn't seem like there's a rhyme or reason for which vaccine you got, um, the type of person they are, male, female, whatever. That doesn't matter. It just seems like... There's, you know, a, a weird hit rate. And I think uh, Pete, by the way, one of his days off recently, I'm pretty sure he he was vaccinated. Bogus, the same thing took off. And the reason I was preparing to do the same is because when you work in morning radio like this, DA, we can't just wake up at 430 in the morning, feel awful and then call our bosses and say, I can't do this today. It's one of the rare time slots in radio where you kind of have to pre-prepare. So I'm hoping for the best after my second shot, obviously. But I think much like the other guys on our show, I just I don't want to take the chance that I wake up. I can't move. I'm bedridden. And they're trying to scramble at 430 in the morning to get a replacement. Trying to peel you out of your bed. Trying to scrape you off of the floor at like 430 in the morning. Exactly. Now, how you felt fine after your first? Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, mean, I took a all. nap afterwards because I was feeling a little groggy, but after I took my nap, I was fine. Yeah, sure, sure. So I'm just, yeah, I'm following suit with the other guys on the show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my second day and hope for the best. Have fun with your vaccine. Have fun with your vaccine day. So in New York, it looks like by July one, full stadiums. So City Field and Yankee Stadium full Mets and and Yankees capacity by July the one. Right. That's not an official statement, but that was what Mayor Bill de Blasio said, that that is the belief. This is going to be the summer of New York. And the idea was (laughs) like the summer of George. Yeah, the summer. That's what he called the summer of New York. Uh, And that basically we are on pace going at, you know, our vaccine rate and whatnot, that 
New York City should be ready to go. And in fact, New Jersey just announced 50% capacity at their stadiums, at least outdoor, uh, as of next week in May. So we're looking at full houses probably if you continue at this pace for Jet and Giant games in September. You would think if we're already at 50%. So things are looking up. This is great. I'm excited for this. I, I, I want to live normally again. This is where Roger Goodell had made his prediction and proclamation, what, a couple months ago, saying we expect to be full capacity by the fall. And people said, that's premature. You shouldn't say that. And my thought was, well, yeah, you say that now until you get to Labor Day. And if you have to say, no, we can't do this on Labor Day, you, but you don't prematurely throw a bucket of cold water on your own season, which is why when last year the Big Ten canceled football, Six weeks before they had to cancel football, it was a stupid move. So, yeah, I mean, for the NFL and for college football, it's like, yeah, business is normal until we actually hit that date when you have to make a decision, and then you might walk it back. But if we've got full baseball stadiums this summer, I can't see why we wouldn't have full capacity football stadiums later. And that's critical, DA, because if we have full stadiums of baseball, I to me, if I were to pick, like, five things I miss the most – during the last year and a half of pandemic, obviously going to games, take what it's not. I am longing for regular college football where I see packed houses, the bands playing, just the energy about it. To me, college football, any more than any other sport, suffered TV-wise from just the lack of energy, lack of pop and and circumstance and all of that. And if we are trending this way with baseball, the idea of playing that normal college football-type feel and schedule, oh, I'm getting chills thinking about it. Yep, college football is all about atmosphere. For most people, they don't know the players. They know the teams. They don't know the players. And so watching college football is about this feels big. It feels important. You see the student section. You see the band. You see 100,000 people at the big house, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. I'm in on this. But if you don't have those fans, you don't have that atmosphere, it takes a lot of the drive out of watching it for people. So I think that that's true. So that's going to be interesting to see as it unfolds through the summer. But could be the summer of Georgia around here, which, I mean, for you, just belly up next to people on the beach, belly up next to people at Yankee Stadium, belly up next to people at Bob's Bar. You're going to be belly up next to everybody in the summer. My belly is going to be out and about, shaking and moving, making moves. Get my belly out there. Absolutely. Belly up time. Belly up time. So what are you going to press Bogues on here? Well, number one, I I still want to argue this lost column thing because I think he's getting a little too – I'm smarter than you when it comes to, oh, I'm telling you, you're wrong with the lost column. We'll do a little argument there. Uh, and from there, I, I don't know. We're going to see we're gonna see where the world takes us. But I really wanted to start with the lost column stuff because I really do think he's wrong, and I'm going to keep arguing this. <laughs> okay. So now you're, you and I are aligned against him on the Brady complaint, but you are now aligned against me and him on the Yankees in first place complaint. Exactly, and I also don't like that he went behind my back, texted a friend that we all have in James Ward, and spun whatever tale he spun to him to get him off my side very quickly either. Felt that was very snake in the grass of Bogish as well, I'd like to ask him about. Ward was our engineer, what Pete the Body does now when we were doing evenings. He and Joe D split those responsibilities, so that's when Ward was a member of the DA, so you can... You can look up our 1980s hairband faux music video and see a fully tattooed James Ward, you know, on the on the air, <laughs> the air drums. And he was awesome. 
Okay, side B, cue it up. Here we go. A, B, walk it on in. Doody-doody-how, how to do to do Side B of the PGP is here to help you. It is Mraz, host of Side B of the PGP, executive producer of the DA show, maybe trying to become an auctioneer, a little here, got a there, got a dollar here, got a dollar there. Joined by Andrew Bogish. Bogish, hello, how are you? Shawnee, I'm doing well. I'm surprised you didn't sing us in this morning. I believe our produce panda friends are disappointed to not hear <laughs> your sweet, sweet voice today. Let's start with produce pandas, Bogish. You really took issue. Maybe issue is the wrong word. You didn't buy into the idea that produce pandas, had they basically been around when I was a chubby youngster uh, home on Long Island, that maybe they would have helped out. And I said this in all seriousness. Growing up as a portly, pudgy person, you do have a lot of self-confidence issues. And I think when every big pop star and celebrity is all fit and all of that... There's a there's a little bit of an unrelatability. The the produce pandas can be very relatable to very husky people and kids growing up. Why are you not buying in that they they are a positive influence? Well, first of all, um, I, I I did not walk in your shoes as a child, so I should apologize for assuming what may or may not have helped young Sean get through junior high and 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 high school. Um, I just, I think specifically my issue is with if you were kind of copying the style and the, uh, I don't know, the persona of a boy band based on like chunkier bodies, I just don't know how well that still would have played for you in those tough hallways in Long Island. Do you doubt that people uh, frown on fat people in America? Uh, I'm I'm sure people are judgy in a million ways. I'm sure people think the opposite that we're too, um, that we're like too okay with people being at an unhealthy weight Ooh. as well. But of course, I mean, people. The 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 bad thing is, and you know, knock on wood, I, I'm afraid my kids are about to start living in that world now. Is like people suck, and people will yes. pick on on anything about you, your hair color or your bald spot or you picking your nose or being overweight or having braces or not having the cool backpack or sneakers. Like, I get it. Being a kid is hard. I guess I I was, again, just laughing at the idea of a Chinese boy band of husky young men (laughs) saving you from from heartache was all that made me laugh on uh, Wednesday morning. I think people are followers. I do. I think they're followers. And I think if... If something is cool and hip and they're told that something is cool and hip and they see it on TV and they love something that's cool and hip, they'll be more likely to embrace it. And if the popular boy band back in my day, I was big in the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC era growing up. If they were all plus size singers trotting around, if Justin Timberlake <laughs> looked like he had just come off the Wendy's drive through I think somebody like me would have been looked at in a more positive light. By kids at school. That's that I wasn't because I was always kind of like the funny fat guy in school and people really liked me for it. But I had to grow to have that defense. I had to make fun of myself before anybody else could make fun of me. And therefore, I was embraced. But maybe I would have had to do that if, if Justin Timberlake was walking around with 30 extra pounds. So I'm all so team Panda Proto, Produce Pandas. I, I got you. Now, DA did mention Joey Fatone during the segment on Wednesday, but he didn't mention the fact and I tried to get in, but I couldn't. The article that I sent the group was actually titled Fatones Only. Like, <laughs> like oh. skinny guys need not apply for this boy band in China. So this poor Joey Fatone, 
maybe got mocked for being, you know, not having a six-pack back in the moment, and now he's the butt of fat boy band jokes still in 2021. The other thing I need to know about this story, Bogus, because you now have basically become a fertile ground for people to send you Stundua news stories. And the one you sent us with the Produce Pandas, the story link that we get right before you're about to read Stundua news, so we have a little pictures and a little background, came to us from our company, Odyssey's website. I know. Was that the original story you got sent was from our company? Yeah, uh, a listener, Josh G or Joshua G, tweeted me the link, and I was confused at first. I, I don't. I'm trying to remember now what he, um, his like his like one sentence like description. I, I don't was not like look at you know was not very descriptive. I had to click on the link to know what it was, and when I saw Odyssey, I didn't I didn't know where I was going. Like, is this about us somehow or something else? And then I opened it up, and it was Fatones only Chinese <laughs> boy band. Of bigger bodies. That was fascinating. So the first, this has to be right. The first time we've had a stun to a news off the website of our actual company. How about that? And then, and none of us saw it on our own. Someone had to send it to us. Right. So good right. job by us which, checking Odyssey.com for the latest and, news. Right. And by the way, you know, there's no chance anybody working at Odyssey.com has any idea that we do a segment called Stun to a News where no, they would be eating it. Now, but that's a whole other problem. The other thing I had to get into you with. Um, I can't believe you went and you texted our former associate producer of the DA show, James Ward, behind my back during the epic fail on Wednesday's show to try to get him to side with you on the idea that we track loss column when tracking standings. And you said he fully went and he didn't have the full story. Now, I have texted him since, given him the full story, and he's leaning more towards I'm right. Yes, not in the literal sense of first place, but as far as best records go, you go by the loss column. Well, first of all, I mean, shame on him. Like, put your foot down here and make a decision. Because I will read you verbatim our text exchange, which did happen during the fail, as if the fail was planning on Wednesday. But, but so before I you wrote, read me that, why did you go behind yeah. my back and text him yourself? I had already texted him. Why? That was because I by you. Because I know that you were probably either on purpose or just by accident being sneaky and snaky as well and not giving him the entirety of the story and I was right because here's what happened. I wrote, since I don't trust Sean, dot, dot, dot. He goes, ha, go on. Next Saturday, if the Red Sox are 25 and 14 and the Yanks are 23 and 14, who's in first? And he wrote back, the Red Sox are in first place, but they are tied in the loss column. So then I wrote back, so if Sean guaranteed the Yankees would be in first by next Saturday, he'd be wrong. And he wrote back, yeah, that's not possible. So I said, Thank you. And then he again, he, like he talked about how he too would hedge the argument with the loss count thing, which is to a certain extent fine. Like you want to be proud that the Yankees have now caught up that quickly. Like I get it, but this is about the specific declaration by you that they'd be in first place and being even with in the, the Red Sox in the loss column does not guarantee them first place. So we went back and forth, and he finally, the last thing he said to me was, yeah, he didn't present it to me that way. Well, there's a couple parts of this. If we really go peel back the curtain, number one, the Yankees being in first place by this Saturday matters to nobody seemingly except you because I tweeted it last week. That had nothing to do with the DA show whatsoever. So that's something you're really focused on. Number two, 
the best record thing had nothing to do with first place. It was the best records in baseball. If the Yankees are tied right. in the loss column for one of the three best records of baseball, they've gotten to one of the three best records in baseball. That's not a literal first place thing. So that is where I would stand the ground to be right here with the bet. So, okay, but but the first place declaration is connected to, because it came, I don't know, within 48, 96 hours of the first one on the show about third place record. But again, like, there there are going to be standings, and they might not be the the top three teams. Like, right now, as of this moment, on, you know, 10.50 Eastern on Wednesday morning, the A's are 19 and 12, the Giants are 8, there's actually 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 teams that all have 12 losses, but two of the teams have 16, one has 17, two have 18, and then the A's have 19. So the A's are, ta- are obviously there in first over, over everybody because they have one more win. The Giants and the Red Sox are right behind them. And then, so then that's it. The Cardinals, who are 17 and 12, are technically one game behind the A's. So they don't have one of the three best records in baseball, even though they have the same number of losses as but, the A's. So again, I, I mean, you can try and you're the one moving the goalposts again, no, but no. if this is the way it looks and the Yankees are that fourth team, they're not one of the three best teams in baseball record-wise at that this point. This is where you're wrong because, yes, we are picking a May date. So you have to view May within the prism of what's in reality of baseball and what's in reality of baseball is some teams will play more games, so you have no choice but to go by the loss column. That's what any baseball fan does. The re- end of the regular season, of course, the A's won't have played five more games than the Yankees, which is why when the standings come out, unless it's an absolute meaningless game, every team plays the same amount of games. That won't be the case, whether it's COVID, rain, whatever's happened with baseball games in May. The only thing we can operate on is you can make up wins, you can't make up losses. Where do you stand in the loss column? And if the Yankees are tied in somewhere for the third least amount of law or one of the teams with the three least losses in the league, they have done their job in getting to one of the three best records of baseball. But but see, here's the problem. They haven't. And here's what is not this oh, is not have. like speculation. No, but this is not speculation or looking at things like this is reality. Because the problem is, if they've played fewer games than the team ahead of them, you don't know how they would have fared in those games. So that record is worse because it just is because it's based on win percentage. Then how many how many times they've lost within the amount of games that they or they've won? No, no, the you assume games that they've you played. assume the wins. You never assume the losses. You no, you don't you're win those games. Of course you do. You don't assume the wins. No, you don't. You if that do, team again, you're tied you're within the loss the column has those wins, you assume you're winning those games too. No, you don't, because you can't. You can't of assume you that you're can. going to win. They're a 50-50 proposition. No, Here's, there's two outcomes, a win or a loss. You can't assume they're going to win. Here's what it comes down to. I made these proclamations. That you're insane, and no, you don't no, know how, no, things, no, no. how math works. You all who hate the Yankees on the show, and I'm talking to listeners, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to DA, I'm talking to uh, Bilotti. You guys all hate the Yankees, Capital Red Sox fan too. And when I went off of David Sampson and made this proclamation, you thought the Yankees were in real trouble this year. You all did. You all did. And now it's become evident the Yankees really have been one of the best teams in baseball over the last three weeks. And now we're charging at that record before May 15th. And you guys are all in panic mode and don't want to give in, so you want to tie up every loose end. And that's understandable. But the the pride of what I said is going to prove to be accurate now and that they're going to have one of the three least losses in baseball by then. That, that's what it comes down I, to. I love the fact that we're trying to type all the loose ends. You're the one sitting here untying ends to try and give yourself nine different ways to not lose this bet. 
No, I'm just showing you the way baseball fans view the standings, and you view it through the eyes of the loss column. It, it's you can view the standings all you want, but if you're do, if you're not following math or the way MLB does it, then you're wrong. You're not allowed to just look at it however, however the way you want. I can't sure, yeah, because we Royals picked a 16. May date when no teams have played the same amount of games. Of course, you're supposed to look at it through the loss column. But, then that's but common numbers sense. Numbers matter, that even, Sean. And that's the thing I should have had to say because that should be common sense, and you're not using common no. sense. It's not common sense. In fact, it's only 16% of the sense that exists within our listening audience. Whatever you want to say. You don't win this (laughs) argument. The 84% of the listeners that win don't win the (laughs) argument. I win, and that's the end of it. That really is the end of it. And we'll wrap there. That's the name of everything you do. I win. I win. I win. It's a big fat W for me. I'm going to eat that W like Jameis wins. Husky W. Don't don't use the F word. It's a husky W. It's a husky W. Like the the panda produces would have now Bogish, you can follow yourself on Twitter uh, at Andrew Bogish, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mraz CBS. Have a great Howdy Doody Do week, everyone. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.